When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre. And Tony, with Will Bonhoff today, thank you so much, as always, for thinking of me. I didn't think of him. Was this your idea? Hi. What, Nigel? You think Nigel keeps your books? Nigel keeping your appointments? I didn't. Yeah? Yeah, well. What do I I need to do? Is it it the the lack of a hat? Do I need a hat? I wore this stupid purple Northwestern tie accidentally. Everybody should yeah. get a hat. Hats are good now. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon couldn't quite make it to Thursday, so I'm pleased to be joined by our great friend, the host of the ESPN Daily and Debatable Podcast, my grandson, Pablo Torre. Always gets cheers. Nice to hear. And we begin today with the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots tonight. Far away and long ago in the Tom Brady era, the Patriots owned the Bills. They beat Buffalo 34 of 38 times with Brady, including all 17 games in New England. Since Brady left, however, the Bills have won four out of five, including a 47-17 playoff win last year. So, Pablo, do you like the Patriots' chances against the Bills tonight in Foxborough? Tony, I do, because the version of Josh Allen that would make this question an easy one in favor of Buffalo does not seem to be around right now. And maybe it's the elbow, maybe it's a larger regression to his mean, larger regression to tendencies that, you know, followed him into the NFL out of college. But the guy leads the NFL in interceptions. The Bills as a team, they lose to the Jets. They lose to the Vikings in overtime, famously. They need eight points to beat the Browns. And most recently, they need every second and every yard to beat the Lions. And so the Pats defense, you know this, they're really good. This is a test for Josh Allen that I'm not sure this version of him is equipped to ace. I find myself in complete agreement with that. It's not that I particularly like the Patriots as much as I am doubting the Bills at the moment. Their last two games, as you said, are two and two. Those two teams that they beat that you mentioned, Cleveland and Detroit, they now have four and seven records. So it's no big deal to beat them, and to beat them by under 10 points doesn't show much. In those four games, Josh Allen has not looked like an MVP candidate at all. He's got four picks, and he's got four touchdowns, which is nothing special. You know, I would like to be more enthusiastic about the Patriots, but they're just sort of paddling along. Although, to be fair, it is a division game. It is a home game for New England, and it is a nationally televised game. You would think that would play into Bill Belichick's strengths. You would think, right? It would. And look, the weather, the wind that we're seeing being alleged to be a factor, I wonder how that plays. We know that Josh Allen can throw the ball into a wind tunnel if he wants. Mac Jones was allowed to throw the ball three times the last time these two teams played in similar conditions. That maybe favors Buffalo. But the thing against the Bills, too, Tony, Von Miller just went on the injured reserve. Like, that is the best player on that defense. Yeah. The Bills are hurting right now yeah. in a bunch of different ways. So you, you alluded to this. Early on, the Bills were killing it. They were 6-1. and one. I thought that they were a playoff team. They beat the Rams 31-10. They beat yep. Tennessee 41-7. They beat Pittsburgh 38-3. They were pounding teams, and that hasn't 
That has not happened anymore. And you sort of wonder, you look at them now and you wonder how good are they really right now? How good? Especially, not that especially, good. especially in that division where everything is up for grabs. It's a real cannibalistic division, as yeah. we called it on this show before. Yeah. But yeah. Let's, let's move to baseball, Tony, because Aaron Judge's free agency is in the news right now. Jeff Passan reports that the Yankees have an offer on the table to Judge in the neighborhood of like eight years, $300 million. And lots of people are expecting rival bidders to push that price even higher. So how high is too high to you? So I think you can only answer that question in retrospect when you see what the player gives you over a certain amount of time. I don't think you can look at it now objectively. Um, If I were afraid of this deal, I would be afraid of this deal for two words. Albert Pujols. Albert Mm. Pujols was the greatest contemporary player we knew in his years with the Cardinals. He then signed a 10-year deal with the Angels at age 31, one year older than Judge is now, and he became a very ordinary player, and that deal was looked at badly. Now, the Yankees are not the Angels, as you know, Pablo. They have a much richer baseball history. They have all the money in the world. I've sat on this show and said a number of times, I would not offer Aaron Judge the moon because I don't think he can replicate this season. Nobody ever has. I would wait a year or two, and then I would try and get a right fielder with the initials Juan Soto. Mm, Look, Juan Soto, (laughs) who you know well, I would love him. No complaints on the Juan Soto front. But in terms of what you just said, two things jumped out at me. Number one, all of the money in the world, I would like to see the Yankees spend aforementioned money to that extent because they were third in payroll last year. Now, obviously, the owner of the team now says that, like, The payroll tax is not going to be an issue. They're going to spend. But the second thing is in terms of the the length of contract, right? I am far more concerned about length of contract than I am about average annual value. Right now, this deal that Passan reported, that would make him the highest paid player on an average annual value basis over Mike Trout. That's fine by me. The guy was responsible for 20%, Tony, of the Yankees offense, which is insane. No one was even close this past season. I will give him all the money in the present tense. It's the length. It's that, as you alluded to, it's those later years when he's a giant old guy as opposed to a young giant guy. And in this case, the Giants are the other team that might drive up that price too. Let me just say this briefly in terms of how high is too high. And I can do this because I am an old person. I remember, it's not that long ago, it's 1992, it's only 30 years ago, When Kirby Puckett signed a contract for $3 million a year, that was the highest contract in baseball, $3 million a year. You know what (laughs) you get for $3 million a year? Now you get a utility infielder. So I I don't think the money can scare you because it always goes up. We move on and we go to a standard PTI potpourri story in which we list a bunch of things in a particular sport and then ask you which one impresses you the most. Are you ready? Last night, Jason Tatum scored 49 points as the Celtics beat the Heat. Last night, Devin Booker scored 51 points in three quarters as the Suns beat the lowly and awful Chicago Bulls. And last night, said that for Wilbon, and last night, Zion Williamson scored 33 points and led a significantly undermanned Pelican squad past Toronto. So, okay, Pablo, which performance impressed you the most? There's one dried flower in this potpourri that I have to acknowledge because the scent is undeniable, and it is the Celtics. And it's Jason Tatum in large part, yes, but it's the whole team. Tony, statistically, this team is averaging 50, 40, 85 
as a unit, as an organization. They are an all-star collectively. That is absurd. And do I care that they did this in front of Will and Kate? Not particularly. I feel like Rihanna on the courtside sort of like map is probably even more intimidating in terms of pressure being added. Don't think they really cared about that. But the performance that they gave was regal. And Jason Tatum, man, he's an MVP and this team is about as good an offense as we have ever seen. Good use of the word regal. I'm not just going to skip by Prince William and Princess Kate as eagerly as Are you, you did. A royal First of watcher, all, I didn't know. Please. I didn't know that they were hoopsters, and apparently they are because <laughs> they seem to applaud at the right time, right? And then you say, and, and you think it's not a big deal. Well, let me ask you this: uh, You know, were Megan and Harry were they in Phoenix for Devin Booker? Was mm. Queen Latifah, for example, was she at the other game <laughs> sure. in New Orleans? I don't know that that's yeah. true. And and I'm going to agree with you about Tatum and about the Celtics in general. Do you know the record of the Boston Bruins at home this year and the Boston Celtics combined? It's no 24 idea. and 1. It's 20. <laughs> if you go to Pretty Boston to play hockey right or basketball, now. you're not going to win. They've been that good. And the Celtics, I think, have won 14 of their last 15. And, you know, as, as, as Willie Loman's wife said, attention must be paid. Something's going on there. I don't know if the security guards are doing something to the visiting teams, but the Boston teams are killing it up there. Let's take a break. Coming up, we will ask Steve Young for his thoughts on Russell Wilson getting yelled at by Mike Purcell. We'll also ask him whether he thinks Aaron Rodgers is really open to a conversation about letting Jordan Love play if the Packers get eliminated from playoff contention. So from the clips I saw, it looked like William and Kate actually understood basketball and appreciated basketball, right? About as, about as much as I understand death of a salesman, which is to say I pretend to, and I nod along when people make references to it. Yeah. The greatest American play, baby. The greatest American. <laughs> PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Sources tell PTI that week 13 of the NFL season kicks off tonight. Who knew? So let's bring in our great friend, the man I taught to throw a spiral when he was just a kid in the tri-state <laughs> area, Hall of Famer Steve Young. You learned the lessons well. Let's go to this. I love this first question because I love this story. Russell Wilson got yelled at 
by defensive tackle Mike Purcell. As a quarterback, how would you feel about getting yelled at by a defensive player on your own team? Tony, this is a huge problem. Like any intimate relationship, which a locker room, very intimate relationship, you know that if you're out in public and you're yelling at each other in public and you're not able to settle all your scores inside or internally, then you've got a problem. And I think that's why, especially when you face up the quarterback, the way that was on camera, where it's face-to-face, a defensive player calling him out, especially as a new quarterback that was supposed to come with all this success, it's a tough spot to be in. Did you ever want to yell at a defensive player on your own team for not (laughs) carrying the weight that they should have? Well, Tony, I wanted to take the... The, the stadium, uh, oh, you know, speaker and tell the whole, the whole, the whole stadium, that was not my fault. You know, I mean, I've tell you, I did this for you before. I want, there's a lot of things you want to say, but as a quarterback, you know that one of the best things you can do is bite your tongue and manage and collect and gather people around you to go incent them, be accountable, ask them to be accountable through your accountability and get everybody gathered. The thing you don't want to do is scream at somebody, lose them, because the game is 60 minutes and it's happening right now. You can't afford to lose somebody. And so if you can't afford to, especially as the quarterback, you have to be the gatherer, the shepherd, always. After postgame, we've talked about this. Your words after postgame, especially in losses, are super important. To gather, to be the shepherd, bring people back together. That's the thing you got to do. Do I feel like yelling and screaming sometimes? Absolutely. But let's hit the <laughs> other end of the emotional spectrum, Steve, because you mentioned postgame words being important. After the Dolphins beat the Texans, Tua goes all love actually about his coach, Mike McDaniel. And he says this, I'll quote it for you. Having someone who believes in you makes all the difference. And that to me sounds very mushy, but how important is it to play for a coach who actually feels that way about you? Well, that's code, right? Because what Mike McDaniel's done for him, if you were lost in the forest in the winter and can freeze to death and a park ranger came by, with uh, you know, a map and a compass and a, co- and a and lighted way out, and they follow me and I can take you out of here, you'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, thanks for believing in me. Like, that's what that's like. Like, he's given him all the tools to go be successful on the field. You can see in his footwork that his mind is clear. His footwork follows, and then his arm is accurate, and he's finding people, and he's just expanding the offense in front of our eyes week to week. That believing in you means code for Tua. Well, now let's play the opposite game again and go to Zach Wilson, somebody who you know well. You've talked about him before, but obviously he gets demoted. He's now finding himself in the wilderness himself because Mike White has been promoted ahead of him. And look, the question of of losing a locker room, Steve, once you lose it, can you actually ever get it back? There are some personalities that lose a locker room and won't get it back. The ones that aren't accountable, the ones that don't, uh, you know, don't win. I mean, I, I can tell you, if you play quarterback and win, you can kind of be a till of the hunt in some ways. It doesn't work <laughs> long term, but, you know, we win, you're good. But truthfully, Zach hasn't lost this locker room forever. He's got to go out and win. He's got to go out because I think he came back the next week and fixed what he did wrong. He allowed himself to iterate and say, look, I screwed that up. I want to fix it. I want to be long term. I think that Zach has the accountability to get the locker room back. The way to get this locker room back specifically is do what Mike White did last week, is go win, play really good football, and have them chant your name at the end of the game. That's how to get a locker room back. Mm. I will get you out of here on this. 
and it's about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers says if the Packers are eliminated mathematically from the playoffs, he'd be open-minded with no bitterness or resentment to the Packers if the Packers wanted to talk to him about playing Jordan Love. There's a lot in there. The obvious question is, do you think he means any of that? I suspect to speak those words, Tony, in the context of who he is and what he's meant and, and what he wants to do in the future, that he has better, he better have meant those because those are, those are dangerous words. Bill Walsh used to say it was the Yogi Bearism, like if you're not in the huddle, you're not in the huddle. And so if you're going to give up the huddle for the, for the next guy, then something's either agreed to or something's you've already kind of – you do not want your Hall of Fame quarterback that you think has years left and you're going to pay all this money for to, to kind of capitulate and say, yeah, yeah, just find, find the next guy. You know, don't worry about it. No, no bitterness. You just go on with your bad self. That is not a situation for long-term success for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So – I would be, those words concern me about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers being there long-term. Mm. Totally agreed. It looks like he's out after, the, it feels like he's out now almost. Thank you, Steve, as well, always. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, All Steve. All right, you guys are the best. Take care. Uh, you can see more of the Good Shepherd, Steve Young, on Monday Night <laughs> Countdown this week, featuring the Saints and Buccaneers. That's a wow. Let's take one last break still to come. The college football playoff makes expansion to 12 teams official. And how concerned should North Carolina feel about losing their third straight game? So it's so great. Steve talks about being a shepherd, and then he talks about a park ranger finding while, you and lighting while your path on a mountain, out. Just while himself on a literal mountain right now, like a park ranger. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy time, people. Happy 60th birthday, Pam McGee. Pam McGee is the mother of JaVale McGee, who is currently on the Mavericks and who has three rings, two with the Warriors and one with the Lakers, and an Olympic gold medal from the recent Tokyo Games. But you can make the case that Pam McGee was a bigger star. Pam McGee and her twin sister Paula were on the great USC teams with Cheryl Miller and Cynthia Cooper that won national championships in 1983 and 1984. 
and in 1984, Pam McGee won an Olympic gold medal. She played one year in the long-forgotten WABA, then she went overseas to play because there was no WNBA. When that debuted in 1996, Pam McGee played two seasons there in her mid-30s. Had it come around earlier, Pam McGee might have more rings than her son. Yeah, for the time being instead, she is the first mother to win a gold medal alongside a son to also do the same thing. And she's the first mom to have a kid in the WNBA. Shout out to Imani McGee Stafford and the NBA as you just mentioned. Yeah, incredible bloodlines, Tony. Shouldn't I also wish happy birthday to Paula McGee if they're twin sisters? Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary, Wayne Gretzky. On this day, 26 years ago, while closing out his career with the Rangers, the great one became the first and only player in NHL history to reach the 3,000-point plateau, including playoff games, when he recorded an assist in New York's 6-2 win over Montreal. Even without the playoff points, Gretzky's 2,857 points is nearly 1,000 points ahead of Yaramir Yager's second place, 1,921. Just a reminder here that if you took away all of Gretzky's 894 goals, his 1,963 assists alone would make Gretzky the NHL career leader in points. So as we watch Alex Ovechkin pursue Gretzky's gold record and chase down Gretzky's road record, we should never think anyone was as good a player as Gretzky. No, Tony, and it's not even close. I mean, you use the word pursue here. Let's just keep in mind, Ovechkin would need to continue this pace of goal scoring for like two and a half more seasons to even realistically break the record we're talking about. If I'm Gretzky, I'm just laughing at the idea that we're still talking about people chasing him when he's that far ahead. A melancholy trails to Gaylord Perry, the Hall of Fame pitcher, has died at age 84. Perry pitched for eight major league teams, the most years for the San Francisco Giants, in a career that went from 1962 to 1983. He had an overall record of 314 and 265, and he recorded 3,534 strikeouts, which is eighth all-time. Perry won the Cy Young for Cleveland in 1972, and then again for San Diego in 1978, just after turning 40. Perry was most famous for throwing his spitball, or at least making batters believe he threw a spitball, or doctored the ball in some way. Perry titled his 1974 autobiography, Me and the Spitter. On a personal note, on these shelves behind me, I have a baseball autograph by a bunch of Hall of Famers, one of whom is Gaylord Perry. And I hope near that signature there is a big splotch of saliva or Vaseline, Tony. <laughs> I respect the analog yeah. sleight of hand. Like, cheating with technology feels way wrong to me, but being a clever, like, magician and being honest about it, like, that is a back-for-more-cash level of transparency when it comes to a book that you wrote about yourself. Yeah. Thanks for quoting my book. One omission. Michigan running back Blake Corum will undergo knee surgery. Multiple outlets are reporting he will miss the rest of the season. Let's go to the big finish if we could. The Celtics and Al Horford agreed on a two-year contract extension worth $20 million. Is that a smart move? For any other team, it's not. But he is so good for the Celtics every time I see him play for the Celtics. Meanwhile, Carolina lost its third game in a row last night to Indiana. Is that a big deal? It's the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. We haven't talked about that in a while. They had a cover reminiscent of the team with Doherty and Black and Perkins and Worthy that won the title. The Rose Bowl reached an agreement with the college football playoff that paves the way for expansion to 12 teams starting with the 2024 season. Are you happy about that? Yeah, I want more playoff games. And yes, to be clear, that road is also paved with money. 
Maple Leafs forward Mitch Marner extended his consecutive point streak to 18 games now. Are you impressed? That ties the franchise record, okay? That's an original six franchise, so yeah, I'm impressed. Last one, Germany and Belgium bounced out of the World Cup today, but Japan stays in after beating Spain. What's your biggest takeaway, quickly? Literally and figuratively cleaning house, Japan. Incredible run by them. We're out of time. Try to do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. Please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable wherever you get the good podcasts. But for now, this is Sports Center. You always talk about the good podcast. What about mine? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.